You're listening to Campus 180 Radio. Funny, thoughtful, real. All right, I'm going to briefly interrupt your Campus 180 Radio podcast to give you a very important message. First of all, thank you for joining us on Campus 180 Radio. We love having you here. But what else we love is we also love having fun. And we have so much more than just Campus 180 Radio to have fun. We have two Discord servers that you can join us in. The first one is a fun Discord where you can hang out with great people, play games, talk about fun and nerdy things, and just have an overall good time. We have another Discord where we have Bible studies and philosophical discussion where you can come in, talk about life, be real with people, and we're not going to judge you. Both servers are open to everyone, regardless of what you believe. We'd love to answer your questions about faith, life, and everything in between. Feel free to check the links in the description. And now we go back to your regularly scheduled Campus 180 radio podcast. Superman and Pikachu, Pixar and Tony Hawk. These are top shelf items that are very hot, but the things on the bottom shelf are what Mike and Adam want. Welcome to Bottom Shelf Dreams. I am your host, Mike. I'm Adam. That's Adam. <laughs> and I'm Ivy. Yes, we have a special guest named Ivy. She's back, and she's <laughs> come back with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> Ivy part three. Yeah. So here's the thing, folks. We are in the middle of the Winter Olympics, which would have been a great Uh, topic to talk about. We are heading up on Valentine's Day, which would be another great thing to talk about. Did we do that? No. no. We went right back to the well. Yeah, we <laughs> we went right to the well. Um, <laughs> not even Nintendo dropping their direct with some pretty spicy titles. No, we didn't even do that. We didn't even go for the low-hanging fruit. We went hardcore in the paint for one. Yes. All the signs said turn right, and we did a hard left. We went back in time to <laughs> <Yes>. 1987. <laughs> so, as you have probably figured out, uh, Ivy is our resident expert on 80s werewolf movies. It's my um, thing. <laughs> if we ever have a question, a concern, uh, need to look up the history, the tradition, the rich culture, of 80s werewolf movies, we go to her. And so as you know... 1-800-ASK-IV. Yes, yes. We've been calling that number a lot, even though it's 10 cents a minute. Uh, <laughs> and as you know, a, a podcast called Bottom Shelf Dreams, you know we probably, you know, we, we check up on her a lot and say, you know, we have more questions about 80s werewolf movies. I have the answers. It's true. <laughs> so, Adam... Off the top of your head, can you name three famous 80s werewolf movies? Yeah, sure. No, I can't. <laughs> wow. We, uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, uh, there's literally werewolf, so many. Werewolf uh, in London, um, the one with Marty McFly, <laughs> and uh, whatever was happening in the Michael Jackson thriller video. That is correct. Silver bullet. Oh, uh, oh, yes. Oh. You know... As as I'm going down this list with you guys, it's like, oh man, we should do the top five werewolf movies in the 80s. Nope, we picked one. <laughs> the question is, did we pick a good one? That's up to you. Now, there's one thing I have to get straight. Now, Ivy and I are Mystery Science Theater 3000 fans, right? Oh yeah. There's a movie called Werewolf. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure it has a, it has an Estevez in it, right? Not Emilio, but Estevez, maybe yeah. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So is what we're about to talk about related to anything of that 80s werewolf movie, also called Werewolf? No. No. So this is to- totally different because I kind of came into the mindset thinking these were related. <laughs> and, you know. They were actually, but no. Yeah. I mean, they even have similar font. 
They do. They really do. Yeah. So I thought you were setting me up for a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode, and we were going to talk about, oh, man, they really messed up when they didn't get Joe Estevez. Um, <laughs> but we're just going to talk about something that really liked the font of the werewolf movie in the Mystery Science Theater 3000. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Actually, now that I look it up, the uh, MST werewolf movie was released in, like, the 90s. It was, like, 95, I think. No way. That Hang movie on. definitely looks late. I sex. know. I'm pretty sure. Hang on. I have to know for sure now. It seems right. like it was one of those that looks older than it is because it's so poor quality. Hang on. Right. Type. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. taking a look through, um, you know, just all the, the werewolf movies. Why do they all basically look the same? Right. They got the <laughs> they all got the same mm-hmm. font. They got the same, you know, special effects yeah. actor. Right. Uh you know, to to do hair and makeup. Yeah. Was the, the 80s are just obsessed with werewolves. Yeah, now that I think about it, The Howling 2 and 1 and 2 is pretty famous. Oh, yeah. Um, Marty McFly was in two werewolf movies, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. What? Teen Wolf and Teen what? Wolf 2. And Teen right? Wolf 2. Yeah, I mean. No, he wasn't yeah. in the second one because that followed, like, that character's cousin or something. Oh. Yeah. That's weird. They really yeah, dropped the ball like on that. Fake sequel. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So all of these werewolf movies are tied together by frizzy hair and jagged fonts that are red. We yeah, love I don't it. know if you noticed, but in uh, the Lone Wolf that we watched on uh, mm-hmm. on a previous episode, that the guy mm-hmm. in the MST werewolf who played like Sam the Keeper, you know that old guy, mm-hmm. he was in yes. that. Yeah. Uh, this is a like a, good, yeah. a real six degrees of <laughs> 80s werewolf. Was <laughs> Kevin Bacon <laughs> in a in a werewolf movie? I can hope. Uh, Twitter, that, that's your job to tell us. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about, uh, well, you know what? Uh, we're going to let people think. Think about... What in the world we're about to talk about, but I'm going to interject with the game. Yes. Now, usually we play, is it is it a top shelf or bottom shelf? And as you know, if you've been listening to us, we like to focus on the bottom shelf things, you know, not the, the high up mainstream brands, but maybe the guys that tried to compete with those brands and got lost in obscurity. Um, well, in this game, I'm going to label the bottom shelf brand, and you need to tell me what the top shelf brand is that that the bottom shelf's trying to mimic. Ah. All right. So there, there's actually right answers to this. It's not opinions. <laughs> or so I don't think, know. Mike. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, this is going to be one where you can just chime in. So, you know, both of you will get a chance to, to uh, deliver the right answer. Perfect. So right off the bat, we have... Our number one, which is New Balance Shoes. Ooh, perfect. I mean, for for me, I feel like this is uh, an easy one. Um, they're, they're trying to be Nike, right? Yeah. They got to be. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say so. They're yeah, trying to be I mean, Nike without a cool name like Nike. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the two classic dad shoes are, yeah. you know, the Air Monarchs. And the the New Balance, you know, some number or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. the fact that I don't even remember what the New Balance shoe name means is very clear that Nike has to be the top shelf. Right, right. And the fact that you actually know that New Balance has a brand um, astounds me because I didn't even think we'd get that far. Um, I know there are shoes by their color, white, black, purple. So, yeah. yes, that was like the, the SAT example question. Here's the real thing. All right. So you're going down the aisle and you see Black Forest Gummy Bears. Who's the top shelf? What do you think? Oh, first last time. I can't think of like a gummy bear brand. There's one in particular that is a household name. Well, Mike, if I can hazard a guess, uh, mm-hmm. I would I would guess Haribo. Yes. Oh. Haribo, which sounds like a hair doodad company yeah so that's a good one all right this one might be a little uh a little uh you know you have to really strain your brain for this one 
but it's the Cartoon Network show, The Adventures of Gumball. It's bottom shelf. Absolutely. You think so? Yeah, I, I would say. I've never heard of it, but judging from the title, are they trying to rip off Gumby? Well, that's a great, a great answer. Like you would it's think. Um, no, this is this is not claymation, unfortunately. The dying art of clay. Um, neither is it is cleverly written as as Gumby oh, is. Oh dear. I'm thinking of a bunch of other witty and crazy characters that are easy to meme. Oh man, I mean, there's that whole like group of animators that worked on the you know same one i mean there's i don't know spongebob but yeah i'm gonna say they went hard on the spongebob uh market and tried to reproduce on it uh, <laughs> now you might you the fans of gumball might be like no no man gumball is its own thing it's genius yes but i'll let you argue about that all right mm-hmm. so the action movie um, with Mr. Tatum called White House Down, where uh, Mr. Tatum gets stuck in the White House because terrorists take it over and he has to get out. Uh, what that movie? That certainly sounds like a diehard situation. Oh, you nailed it. I, I really <laughs> thought I really thought there was going to be discussion, uh, <laughs> you know, back and forth. <laughs> that classic yeah. Christmas movie, Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard, yep. Yeah, I mean, I t- in total agreement. Um, the the only other one that uh, I would accept as maybe a possible answer would be Air Force mm-hmm. One, but you know, I'm a I'm a sucker for Harrison Ford. You're right. You know, the funny thing is, and we should probably talk about this at one point. Um, Olympus has fallen. Came out like within a month year. of White yeah. House down. I was gonna say that next. And both of them had the same premise. It just is very, very convenient that two two companies would just say, you know, uh, White House under siege. Um, all right, but moving on, uh, that famous low-budget brand Tampico Juice. Tampico Juice? Comes in orange and pink. Would that be Minute Maid? You know, Minute Maid might be a little too high for these guys. <laughs> I think they they set their sights a little bit lower. Um, sunny Sunny D. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's Sunny D. Uh, I'm I'm sure they wish to be mistaken for Minute Maid, <laughs> but that's like the Cadillac of juices. All right, here's a brand that I hate because these things don't last for longer than a month. But Shark vacuums. Um, I'm not as versed on my vacuum knowledge. Um. I, I have no idea. Hoover? Uh, who, Hoover? Yeah, you know, Hoover's a great one. Anything but Shark, really. <laughs> really, I just wanted to use this space to just put down Shark. <laughs> I don't know. At work, we have these uh, Auric vacuums. Yeah, Auric's a good answer, funny. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, here's, a, here's an 80s classic, um, though it's bottom shelf. The horror slasher film Pumpkinhead. I just watched that the other day. <laughs> yes. Pumpkin. Have you seen Pumpkinhead, Adam? I have not. Um, it's about a guy who runs over these innocent kids by accident, and then the dad of the kids uh, wishes upon a star or something, or wishes upon a pumpkin head, and uh, Pumpkinhead comes alive and starts uh, going after. I, I think I might have flipped it around. Maybe the kids were killing someone. Yeah, there was, know. like, teenagers that hit a little boy with their motorbike. Ah, uh, yes, that's it. And the dad, yeah. And the dad makes a pact with Pumpkinhead. Yeah, to, like, get revenge. Yes. Okay, okay. I'm trying I to mean, think, though, what was that ripping off? I, I, I mean, I it's like, got to be... Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, there's, there's like, a hybrid. There's a hyphen. Because I really think they were trying to go for two different things. I mean, not having, you know, seen said film i mean the the classic darlings are you know nightmare on elm street or very um, good you know friday or not friday what uh friday the 13th um mm-hmm. but i mean it does sound eerily similar to uh cult classic uh the raven <laughs> nevermore uh, uh famously where uh uh what was it uh 
Nah, go on, go on. That, that's my guess. <laughs> right. You know what? Uh, yeah, you got half the answer. But there's a lot of cornfields in Pumpkinhead. So where do you think they were trying to get inspiration from? Children of the Corn? I really believe that. I really, really? think that uh, Pumpkinhead is the off-brand Children of the Corn slash Friday the 13th. Maybe even a little predator thrown in there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, with that said, watch Pumpkinhead. It is pretty decent. Yeah. Did they make a Pumpkinhead 2 or 3? I think there's like at least three of them. Yeah. By the fourth one, he has to go to space, right? Yeah. That's the rule? <laughs> the law. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the Korean Netflix original All of Us Are Dead. It's a zombie apocalypse set in Korea. This one should just be low-hanging fruit. Well, if it's zombie, there's a lot of things that could be ripping off. Mm-hmm. Essentially, I think every zombie movie borrows from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the easy answer is uh, Train to Busan, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say they did that. But uh, the, the other answer is always George Romero. Right, right, right. Oh, of yeah. course. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And now, the bottom shelf children's cartoon, Monster Trucks, which is about trucks that are kind of monsters that help children. Cars? Cars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, that's another one I thought we were all going to just sit down, explain, you know, go over Blue's Clues, uh, <laughs> do a, a fine-tooth comb through, uh, you know, all the Nickelodeon series. But, you know, Monster Trucks, Cars... <laughs> It, it, it's right in front of you. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, if, uh, let me just tally up the score. Uh, oh, I have one, too. I think we you all have did one. Like, yeah. You all did a great job. Well, I, I really think it was a... I was just going to do it cumulative, like you were together, pass or fail. <laughs> so I think you passed. I don't think there was any one of these that I failed you on. So. Yeah. So those of you yeah. keeping score, put down 100%. For this game. <laughs> All right. I know I will. <laughs> so now we can reveal the movie. What werewolf movie from 1987 are we going to talk about? It's got a very unique name. Something that differentiates it from every other werewolf movie. It's very cryptic and unique. Yeah. And that movie's called? Werewolf. Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> the 1987 made-for-TV pilot yes. episode movie that spawned like a series right after it, it kind of ends yeah, on a had, yeah a it had one season and then after that season um there was like a writer's strike in hollywood i think and so mm-hmm. like when all that like got cleared up they just kind of like forgot about the series and never finished it mm-hmm. oh we don't know what happens to anybody really wow <laughs> now there there's so many questions i have about this um <laughs> First was starting, like, why did we watch this? Um, and second, like, what did we watch? And we can just start there. Um, well, actually, actually, I have a better idea, because I don't think any one of us will have the same answer. But each one of us has to <laughs> tell us what the plot is. <laughs> um, and I, I'm going to go first. I watched this at 11 p.m. Um, it was done by, like, 12... 30-ish, and I might have woken up a few times, but I got the whole gist of the movie. Um, And so here's what I got out of it. (laughs) A guy who likes throwing girls into pools (laughs) um, ties up his friend and then shoots him, but also becomes a werewolf. And then he goes to different houses asking other friends to tie him up until a, uh, a weird guy steals his girlfriend and then he doesn't want to be tied up he wants to fight that werewolf and then it ends that's pretty much it right yeah adam your turn well um i gotta say uh there was a lot of kissing at the start of that of the movie (laughs) like the first 10 minutes they were like two 45 second makeout scenes i was like what is happening this movie and why is there so much kissing um it's called character building certainly was something um 
And from what I got from the movie is man catches disease from from living roommate <laughs> and has to sell his car in order to get uh, his freedom to work on a boat where he meets an evil pirate who steals his girlfriend who he has to transform into a wolf to get back. Right. Also very accurate. <laughs> mm, all right, Ivy. I feel like you have the best handle on this. What is this movie about? Yeah, I'll try not to uh, ramble on it for too long, just to give a summary. But, um, right. so yeah, his roommate uh, is a werewolf, and uh, he turns into one, and they get into a fight, and he shoots him, and everyone thinks, like, you know, he just murdered him. And so mm-hmm. he's, like, on the run from the law with his girlfriend, and they find the guy, the captain, who bit his friend in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he steals his girlfriend, and then he goes... And they fight, and a cabin burns down. <laughs> and there's like a uh, an old bounty hunter after him too. He's yeah. You're Honestly, right. this show is a lot like the Hulk because the whole show it's like the same premise. Like he's on the run, and like he's a monster, but he like helps people. And then the bounty hunter is like the reporter who's just like kind of after him the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. Or the fugitive. Yeah, yeah, like that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you nailed it on the head. <laughs> um, but basically, you you talked about three scenes, but somehow those three scenes were an hour and 21 minutes right? long, and I right? don't know how that happened. I was watching it earlier, and I was trying to, like, hurry it up so I didn't take too long, because I'd seen it twice before, you know, but I wanted to rewatch it again. And so, yeah. like, I found myself, like, fast-forwarding through just, like, the unimportant stuff, and it surprised me, like, how much like long scenes there were of just talking about stuff we already knew, just like filler. <laughs> yeah. That and the fact that there's like sweeping, like m- musical close-ups, like they yeah. really like yeah. the padding is the music. They're like, yeah. okay, we get it. You know, yeah. atmosphere. What me up was one where uh, he was dreaming, I guess, that his girlfriend came to visit him in the hospital. And it was just a shot of her, like, walking up the corridor with flowers. And that was, mm-hmm. like, it. And there was just, right. like, guitar music playing over it. And it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, like, movie rule was, like, if you see, a, you know, a close-up and, you know, you see a long musical uh, tirade over a scene, you're like, oh, something's going to happen that's important. <laughs> and this movie totally tricks you. <laughs> Yeah, like, no nope. break the rules. <laughs> yeah, the the part where uh, he she he does dream that he turns into a werewolf and grabs his uh, his girlfriend's ankles and drags her under the the hospital bed. Yes, though um, that was like you know now that I look back I'm like man that was a really fast theme compared to everything else. Right, right. Yeah. So oh, I was gonna say my my favorite scene was when. Uh, they're standing. The you know the the main characters are standing uh, over the grave of the man he just killed, and uh, they they're facing each other, and the camera keeps um, switching back and forth to close-ups of their face while a sweeping kind of '80s rock ballad plays just yes. a little bit too loud in the background, yes. so you can't totally hear all the dialogue. Yes. <laughs> And then uh, just the sounds of an airplane going over yes! and cuts through. I was literally <laughs> going to bring that up. <laughs> and, it's um, like drowning out both of them, both the dialogue and the music. It's just this airplane going over. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is, this is gold. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, right. So we can agree that maybe the budget for this was not as high as yeah. we expected. Well, I mean, for for parts of it, yes, but like the right. the money that they spent on the the effects and like the the werewolf transformations, I was I was pretty impressed. Honestly, I was too. Like for an '80s TV budget, they look pretty good. Like yeah, I've seen worse in like actual movie movies. For a TV show, it was pretty good effects for the werewolves. Yeah. So so help me out here because I was very drowsy when I was watching it. But when he when they act, they don't really show the werewolf like except for like quick flashes. 
Yeah. Um, until the very end. Then you get like some full shots. Yeah. And I could have swore that I was just watching a poodle in a Chewbacca costume. <laughs> Is that what the werewolf looked like to you? Or was that just my brain just trying to uh, take it all in? Honestly, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, maybe they get better as the show goes on. Maybe they kind of like had more of a budget. And so I'm yeah. just thinking of like the other times I've seen it. But like mm-hmm. for what it was, it didn't look like as bad as it could have. Like they went all out. They made it look like a huge werewolf. They didn't just put like some fur on his face, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've been, you know, spoiled by Twilight. and <laughs> You could say that again. Van Helsing. <laughs> Um, and when we think of, you know, werewolves, we think of big hulking beasts. Um, but, you know, the, you know, they somehow managed to, um, you know, it, it was very, it was very dog-like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But, so that's where I, mean, I got the poodle visual from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's more of a product of the time of how they viewed werewolves. And we're looking mm-hmm. back at it through the lens of having right. been exposed to different werewolves. So we would be like, oh, that werewolf is wrong, but for them, it was right. <laughs> right. It right. reminded me a lot of, like, the Rick Baker werewolf, you know? Mm-hmm. Rick Baker, you'll have to tell us. What was he in? Well, he did, like, the uh, special effects for, like, American Werewolf in London and that kind oh, of yes. makeup artist. Yeah. So, funny story. American Werewolf in London, I watched that in my junior year of literature class. Now, I don't know why we watched it, because I'm pretty sure we didn't read the book. I don't know how that There's teacher got to keep... Yeah, well, there must have been if it's a literature class, right? I was right? going to say, why were you watching that? <laughs> yeah, it made no sense other than the teacher liked that movie. And the teacher forgot that there's a, a nude scene in it, like a long one, and a scene where they go into a, an adult movie theater, and it shows several clips. And, you know, after that, we got some pretty good ideas about this teacher. Um, so some, some spoilers here, if you haven't. Have you seen the new Ghostbusters movie that came out, like, two months ago? No, curious, though. Okay, so it's just funny because their teacher in that movie, when they're at school, like, that's what he does. He just shows them, like, old 80s, like, R-rated horror movies in class. <laughs> and that's all he does. So <laughs> it reminded right. me of that. <laughs> Right. So, you know, kids at home, if your teacher wants you to watch American Werewolf in London, uh, I just want you to know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, So a big thing about this movie, you explained it in three scenes. Adam explained it in three scenes. I explained it in three scenes. Yet when I look at the IMDb, I see 24 actors. Where did they come from? Well, they were probably all in that nightclub at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Well, I mean, we got John J. York as Eric Cord. We got Lance Legault as Alamo Joe Rogan. We got Chuck Connors, that's a name I know, as Captain Janos Scorzeni. Yeah, the rifleman. Yeah. Yeah. I, it took me a while to put together what he was doing. <laughs> um we have Raphael Sabarge as Theodore Ted Nichols. Uh, we, have <laughs> we have Kelly Nichols, Eddie Armando. Who were these people? Victim in VW? Oh, that's from the beginning of the movie. Storage shed owner? <laughs> um, Lyndon the Ashby? <laughs> the best role in the movie. <laughs> right. Motel guest? Ooh. Mr. Manic Kingdom? M- Mechanic Kingdom? He's doing an evil laugh in his photo, so I'm guessing that was the bad guy. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but like, so when I so first scene is people leaving a discotheque, or you know, someone goes into a discotheque and it looks like they're turning into a werewolf, and then a couple leaves the discotheque, and then they they die via werewolf, and then you see a guy and a girl like playing, you know you know just messing with each other and the guy's like i'm gonna throw you into the pool and then we go to the the the, like the meat of the story where the guy's being asked to shoot his friend because he's going to turn into a werewolf and it didn't dawn on me that pool guy 
and the main character were the same person. <laughs> so through most of the movie, I was thinking, okay, when are they going to go back to pool guy and his girlfriend? <laughs> that would be great, though, if that was a thing where, like, the werewolf story is happening and they just cut back to, like, him and his girlfriend at the pool still and they have no effect on the story. Right, right, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> Stop splashing me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> And then as the story progresses, the, the flashback to the pool or the pan to the pool, yeah. it accelerates. This it, it, it accelerates. Like there's a time skip. They're they're getting married, and then you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's giving a best man speech about that one time at the pool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm actually very impressed with that pool scene. Um, number one, because it ended on like a quirky. Well, first of all, the scene opened with uh, the victims from the discotheque screaming, and then the yeah. girlfriend completing that scream, scream, and like a transition. So I'm like, oh, ooh, that's you know, that's artsy. That gets you an A plus in film school. Um, <laughs> and then it ended with like our our main hero sitting by the pool looking at his girlfriend as she like walks off the scene. And then he does like this cute, this quirky little, you know, roll into the pool because he's so impressed by her. And I'm like, Oh man, that, you know, that's actually pretty good. Was that written into the script? Was that the actor saying, you know, it would be funny if I just fell into the pool and, you know, a quirky little flip or would, uh, you know, was the director feeling it that day? I don't know. We'll never know. And that's the problem. <laughs> Mystery. You you know what we're talking about, right? Uh, Eric, mm. bare-chested Eric, just looks at his girlfriend. She walks off scene, quirky roll into the pool. Yeah, you know the this movie was yeah. <laughs> I I I have no other words to describe it other than there's something always happening, and you had to keep your eyes you right. Know, on on everything because you you blink and uh you know you miss um you know you you miss you miss everything yeah i mean i think it was director david hemmings of this movie that said you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take and uh, he was clearly referring to how much you need to pay attention in this movie yes now uh, can we just talk about the last part the cliffhanger Mm. so Eric, our hero, the man of a million werewolves, um, he finally gets rid of creepy dude who stole girlfriend. And then it goes to the guy who he sold the car to. So, you know, he sold his car to get out of prison time. And the guy was, he was saying something. Yeah, he was saying something I didn't understand. He's like, now the car and the guy ran away. Um, now I need to chase them. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why does the guy who sold the car, why is he getting involved in this? Well, he doesn't get involved. And that's the weird thing is that he's not like a character in the show. But like, I think he was just saying he was mad because there was like a big reward for Eric now because he was like on the run. And he was like, uh-huh. oh, we need to find me. Maybe that's how the bounty hunters in the rest of the show is that he hires him to right. find Eric because he wants the reward. Yeah, maybe. he said something. I need a bounty to catch my bounty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually played that back because I'm like, this does not make sense. <laughs> is the car he sold wanted? <laughs> Did he steal the car back? Is that why he's angry? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Once again, we could be talking about Nintendo Direct. <laughs> no, but we wouldn't be able to have such a uh, an in-depth serious discussion about right. can a car be liable for a crime yeah <laughs> can you sell your car to get out of uh, to make bail then go on a werewolf adventure and right. then somehow the car be guilty of your crime right and be hunted you know and be, and by be chuck hunted. connors by chuck connors you know some some great philosophical thinkers in the Renaissance times, you know, debated the ideas of morality and in people and in animals and can animals understand morality and you know can animals be you know victims of a crime? But you know we live in the 21st century and we've moved beyond that. Now we ask the hard hitting question: Can cars commit felonies? 
I guess people if they're don't kill people. Cars kill people. <laughs> so Chuck Connors, mm-hmm. the man who was the moral and integrity-filled dad um, in Flipper, uh, the moral integrity-filled dad in Old Yeller, had probably a two-minute scene in this saying, yeah. you, you know, uh, he said stuff along the lines of, you know, some people are afraid of the dark. Some people are afraid of dirt, ghosts. Oh, no, that wasn't him. That wasn't him? Oh, my gosh. I, no, Chuck Connors was the evil werewolf that kidnapped his girlfriend. Ah, okay. Who was that guy then? Who was, that was Lance uh, Legault. Yeah, Lance, Lance Legault. Oh, <laughs> Joe, Alamo Joe Rogan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I also I'm, love that his name is Joe Rogan. So yes. funny. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this Alamo Joe Rogan. Kind of, he starts off with a a narration like some people are afraid of ghosts, some people yeah. believe in aliens. I'm right. gonna get a werewolf, you know. <laughs> and then he kind of ends with that, you know, some people yeah. are afraid of ghosts. I'm gonna get a werewolf. Yeah, but you know, all this just to say that this was the lead-in to like about seven episodes. I'm guessing it um, was or, about like thirty episodes. I think oh, 30 episodes. Okay, yeah. so. I, uh, YouTube only has it up to seven, but that might be yeah. more copyright issue than anything. Yeah, because they never got to release it on like an official DVD release for some reason. Mm-hmm. The only way you can get it is there is like the complete series on DVD, but it's mm-hmm. like in France only for some reason. It's like in French, and I don't know why. Like, why? Yeah. Well, maybe because they answer the car dilemma question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> French philosophers have figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> they got a better grasp on it than we do. Right. Um, can we also mention that the link, the only surviving link on YouTube, um, it was, you know, had that VHS uh, oh, yeah. compressed glory to it? Yes, yes. Cool. It has like the intro to it that's like, you know, up next, werewolf. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just like it has that old YouTube compressed feeling where you know you know someone transferred it from a vhs to a dvd yeah. a dvd yeah. to an mp4 and an mp4 to youtube and, <laughs> and then it kind of looks like an abstraction or you know a, a painting that yeah. you, you can't really see their faces but you can right. yeah it's very so, pixelated and fuzzy i would love to know what that that show looks like remastered that would be really cool, like a 4K. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 4K, 3D, oh, IMAX. Blue. Yeah, IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, we got to talk. Mm. Oh, Adam, complete your thought, please. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, were we going to talk about um, how, uh, about any of the actors um, in the in the show? Because... I have some spicy tidbits that uh, I would enjoy oh, talking about. Dish, especially, I, I mean, if you have any dirt on storage shed owner, <laughs> I mean, John, I'll see what I, I'll see John what I can. Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just gotta say the uh, the the cords, you know, stretching from this show are are incredible. So, you know, John J. York, famously from. Uh, 21 Jump Street, Family Ties, and Dynasty, or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, he plays Eric Cord, right? But yeah. we 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 knew that. Um, but uh, also I love that um the actor who plays uh Alamo Joe Rogan, Lance <laughs> Legault. Yes. Um, he uh he plays uh. Colonel Roderick Decker in uh, the A Team. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Yes, he was and... also the stunt double for Elvis Presley. Yes, yes. And uh, Brian Thompson famously plays villains in various things like The Terminator and Cobra, and um, he was in Star Trek and The X Files and. Um, and maybe this is something that you guys are, are more informed about, but he was in the famous B-movie parody, The Extendable. Extendable. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. I have to look that up. Because that one got Extendables. Okay. 
You guys talk. I need to look up the Extendables right now. <laughs> um, 2014. Oh my gosh. Um, but. The the beautiful thing about this is um, Brian Thompson has now made his way full circle through all of that grossness and, you know, bad B-movies to now being part of a TV, the made-for, another made-for-streaming movie, The Tragedy of Macbeth, which has been nominated for an Oscar, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you, you stick to it long enough in yeah. in Hollywood and your dreams can come true. Right. And this also goes into our theory, everything's six degrees from Werewolf 1987 TV pilot movie. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, even down to uh, the director, writer, producer for the, the show, Frank Lupo, um, who has made a couple of things that you guys might have heard of, like the A-Team, Renegade, Riptide, Wise Guy, and Hunter. Um, but I think also, more importantly, and this is something I want to get into a little bit more, is that he was a producer on a show called Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, and I would be interested to see how much of Alamo Joe Rogan actually influenced Walker, Texas Ranger. Literally. Right? Like, when yeah. he, he stepped out of his little truck thing and he was walking with a hat, I was like, right. what? <laughs> was like, this, this feels like an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger. Right. Frank Lupo. Mm. I think he was the perfect, he was the perfect part to get this. Which makes me, this kind of blows my mind about, like, the resources people had in the 80s for, you know, TV, made-for-TV movies. Because a part of me thinks 80s movies as a whole weren't even that good, so that the made-for-TV movies must be even worse. Right. But, but if you can get Frank Lupo um, and other famous people like Chuck Connors, um, that guy who was in The Extendables, <laughs> who, Brian Thompson, who plays Vardell Dusseldorfer in The Extendables, I'm looking it up right now. Uh-huh. Uh, then, you know, maybe I've misplaced or I've mistaken what resources the 80s had. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And I mean, I know that nowadays we're kind of like our, our, our view of how much a TV show costs to make is wildly skewed because, you know, people Lord are of the dropping, rings. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars on season. Um, yeah. And, you know. TV shows like The Mandalorian reinventing what, you know, CGI is possible. Um, but, you know, in the 80s, you know, people, you know, television was the hot new thing. People were pouring money into stuff. And, you know, you got to take into consideration inflation, just like how much money uh, he got for his car, which was in the, if, I don't know if you guys remember, but he got $10,000 for it. And if you plug that in to an inflation calculator like I did, and that car was worth $4,000. That's how much his bail was. That's insane. Oh, my God. Can somebody look up the facts and figures? First of all, what was the car, um, you know, make and model? And would that, in in 1987, get that price? Or did that guy guy just have a heart of gold? And he just wanted to see see that guy get out of prison. (laughs) I mean, it's got to be a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both, right? I would say, yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, that's that's all to say, you know, they they poured some money into it. Mm -hmm. Now, there is another famous actor, or I should say a famous uh, trope that I think deserves to be mentioned. And that is that uh, two, two of the most famous cars in the movie... Um, discotheque car number one, uh, sell my car to get out of jail number two, are both uh, convertibles, and the convertibles actually contribute to the conflict. Yes. When he is parking and it's raining and he couldn't get his convertible up fast enough to get the rain out, that really hit me. <laughs> or the fact that the discotheque couple might still be alive if. Right. If their car was not like the top part wasn't like a fabric. Right. So I I really think Frank Lupo is kind of 
talking, he, like there's a message in here. I think he was wronged by the convertible people and he's letting them know artistically. Yeah. Don't support convertibles. Right. Convertibles <laughs> ruined my life. <laughs> convertibles kill people. <laughs> yes. Again, cars are to blame. <laughs> right. You know, I, you know, going, I would want on a second watch through this to see how many kills the werewolves are responsible for and how many kills the cars are responsible for. <laughs> because I have a sneaking suspicion that it's probably closer than we think. Right. Because there's a, there's a bounty on the bounty. Right. So maybe, maybe we're the crazy ones. They were right. They should have put a bounty on that car because it was responsible. <laughs> the calls were coming inside the house. The convertibles were driving from within. <laughs> The werewolf movie. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Maybe this is how you know Franz got that uh, that release because they figured <laughs> it out. Yeah. Like there's there has to be like an unwritten season two, uh, but like written on a cocktail napkin is like yeah. convertible turns into werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Reveals to be the one that started it. Yeah. Right. Which. Sounds like an amazing idea. Cars that yeah. turn into werewolves. It does. It's like Transformers, only werewolves. Only, <laughs> only much <laughs> grosser. <laughs> yeah. So this is a great lead-in to what we like to do when we talk about things that uh, don't get enough love. And that is we'd like to pretend what would it look like as a movie today? Mm-hmm. Um, who's directing? Who's acting? What's the story? What's the messages being put in? Mm-hmm. Let, let's go around the table. Sorry, uh, re- rephrase the question. I don't think I fully. Uh, yeah. So it's Adam. It's our favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, reimagining this as a modern day hit. Right. This is the Mandalorian of its time. Um, so let's just say Mr. Disney dropped a, a billion dollars on this. Right. Um, any actors, any writer, uh, what can these guys create? Well, I feel like now they would do like a gender swap version. And so Ooh. like Eric would be Erica mm-hmm. and, uh, probably be played by like, I don't know, who's a, a popular young actress now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she's in everything. Zendaya. Oh, Zendaya would make an yeah. excellent werewolf. Yeah. Zendaya. <laughs> yeah. Isn't everything. I'd, I'd watch the crap out of it. <laughs> and instead of Alamo Joe, it'd be Alamo Josephina Rogan. <laughs> the name would be problematic. They'd, they'd switch it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, played by uh, Scar Joe, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scar- Ms. Scarlett Johansson. I don't know. the The role wasn't Asian enough, so she wouldn't want it. She would have that Russian accent. If you believe in ghosts, I will get the werewolf. <laughs> just, just and incredible. Of, of course, you have to keep in Brian Thompson. Yes. I mean, oh. he's the most recent actor, uh, being in the Extendables. Be, yeah. Oh, the yeah. The Captain Man. But uh, mm. now, of course, you're going to have a lot of fun creating the evil werewolves as. Eric plays a good werewolf. Maybe he's like a Dexter, you know, the show Dexter, where, um, yeah. you know, Dexter mutilates people in the most disgusting way possible, but he does it on the side of good. Um, do you think that would be this, this kind of show, like M rating, um, mature audiences? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe they showed that. Or is it going to be like this movie, which was like, you know, quick cuts, no blood being shed, uh, you know, keep the kissing to a minimum. Of only forty-five seconds per scene. Yeah, per scene. Um, no, I, I, I could, I see the Dexter vibes. Um, yeah. I, you know, I can, I, I see the, the whole, um, the whole thing, and I mean, even, you know, down to the whole, um, famously, uh, the TV show Angel has mm-hmm. similar vibes, right? Vampire hunting down other vampire people. Um, yeah, no, I could, I could totally see that succeeding and you know even um having the uh the same actor from uh dexter uh michael c hall i think would be mm-hmm. would be great and oh my gosh yes that. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's really funny too because like 
the whole show, he pretty much just, like, fights people by, like, picking them up and throwing them across the room. And that's, like, what he does. And then, like, in the very last episode, I think, uh, there's a guy who's, like, trying to swindle a blind woman and then, like, kill her and take her life insurance. And that guy is, like, the one time in the show they actually show him, like, like clawing out his throat or something. <laughs> wow. Tell us how you really feel, Mr. Lupo. <laughs> He's like, yeah, guys, don't turn the camera off. I want to see this guy get it. <laughs> right. Incredible. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I love all the uh, the ideas presented so far. I think that there's, you know, the, the teen drama with Zendaya and the, the gender swap. I think there's legs there. Um, I, I love the, the gritty reboot from Mike. I mean, you know, if we could somehow get Zack Snyder on it, I'm sure we have a hit on our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, you guys are going to have to stay with me on this one. This one's going to be a bit of a doozy, but oh, I think boy. we have a, we have a, we have a winner here, I think, in my opinion, my humble <laughs> opinion. So are you guys aware of a, a TV show called Love Island? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Vaguely, I think. Is it pretty much just like The Bachelor? Or something exactly it's like yeah bad yeah okay but <laughs> it takes place on an island <laughs> yes. oh i was thinking temptation island by, by fox same thing same okay. same concept <laughs> okay um and uh you know this is completely inspired by the first 10 minutes of the uh you know of the of the show mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is you know the, that's the, the trademark program. that's the trademark yeah. Um, the show will be called Werewolf in Paradise, and <laughs> <laughs> here's here's how it goes. Um, you know, a bunch of good-looking, you know, young, uh, you know, full of vim and vigor, um, you know, sexy twenty-somethings are all on an island, and uh, they have to figure out which one of them is the werewolf. Before all of them die on Love Island, and hopefully find someone to wait out the werewolf apocalypse. Right. I would watch that. (laughs) Yeah, the show's a week long because it does it does rely on the does it rely on the full moon? They weren't really sure about that, were they? It's no. I don't remember. I I don't think it does. They kept like showing close-ups of the full moon. Yeah, or they just. Yeah. Um, when he was talking to the guy on the boat, he says that he was able to he knew when it was coming and he could like get happen. Remember? Yeah. Um. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. There's um, a lot of plot lines in the movie of people saying, "Hey, can you tie me up?" And right. then it it never works. Like every time someone says, "Tie me up," I think I might werewolf on you. Um. The the werewolf usually gets out. Right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, all these things would be added in, right? The tying mm-hmm. up, you know, the beach lounging, um, and even right down to keeping Joe Rogan in the show by having actual Joe Rogan host the show. <laughs> he might be free now, so he yeah, might take is, it. Yeah, what is it, what else is he doing? Right. It's funny, though, because there actually is a movie from, like, 1974, I think. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically the same plot where there's, like, a bunch of people in a mansion for, like, a trip, and one of them is a werewolf, and they have to, like, figure out which one it is. Well, that was kind of, like, Lone Wolf. I mean, it was, like, a whodunit. Right, right. It was, like, a mystery, yeah. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a cool idea, you know, maybe every season you don't know who the werewolf is. Right. Yeah. It's like Clue, but it's rated R because people yeah. lose their innards. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, wasn't the the Clue movie rated R? <laughs> was it? I, I don't think so, no. Maybe. It was probably uh, 80s PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. PG. yeah. Which is like 90s R. Yeah. <laughs> and 2000s TV-14. Um, yeah no i mean i i think all these shows have have some uh really good merit i love i I love the creativity that we got going on you know if anything if the show did anything Mm. um i think it just sparked a whole avenue of a guy you know that that old trope you know my curse their blessing 
um, where he's like, you know, I got to become this werewolf and I might kill a few innocents, but man, am I going to get that insurance scammer? Because <laughs> I'm guessing he can't control it. Um, and, you know, and that just sounds like right up the, you know, Netflix exclusives, Prime exclusives. Um, yeah, which is basically it's like Hulk, but with like sharp claws. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'm surprised someone has not done something like that. Me too. I will say there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but like Showtime had like a a vampires and werewolves, a Victorian London show, and I think they they totally screwed up on that by not including any of the things we mentioned. <laughs> Was that like Penny Black? Pool. <laughs> yeah, you know. Here's my theory about the pool thing because it, it just seems like scene one and scene two. Just had such great setups, such great like camera angles, character development. And I really think that like Mr. Lupo was thinking to himself, you know, uh, know, this is going to be my magnum opus. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just, it's just going to be beautiful. And it's just going to, and they're like, uh, and you know, the producer's like, you know what, you got to speed it up. You got to speed it up, you know, go, you know. You gotta, you know, this is a this is a made-for-TV movie. You know, come on, dude. And then so he starts like just making scene after scene after scene. And he's like, like, dude, dude, you're going too fast. You gotta slow it down. You gotta slow it down. Play some rock music over everything. Uh, re- return to the same scene multiple times, dude. This was gonna be over in 30 minutes. You know, you gotta you gotta bring it back a little. Right. I can. Definitely see intervention from the producers making it a nightmare. Yeah. Right, right, and the right. episodes, like, once it got started, obviously were, like, half an hour long. Right. And they went like, really fast. And the movie feels like it should be half an hour long. Right? right. You know, once you take out all the, the scoring musicals and all that. Right, right, right. You know, I, I was going to say, I could totally imagine her being like, hey, uh, remember that one part where the those teenagers were kissing? Let's do that again. <laughs> Different teenagers. All right, you Chuck Connors. You Joe Rogan. <laughs> now your turn. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've we've talked about how to make this show amazing, which implies that the movie wasn't very good. But my goodness, if you look at the ratings, people are reviewing this like it's The Mandalorian. First off, it got a nominee for a Golden Reel Award for sound editing. Um, and Honestly, it got a golden. Hard to tell if that was warranted because the sound quality that we have on, like, the, again, like VHS to DVD to MP4 is so bad. Yeah. It's like we'll never know what the actual sound quality was. <laughs> well, I think they were shooting for. Uh, quantity over quality if you play yeah. enough music you're gonna win an award <laughs> and yeah best sound editing i got it again in 87 and 88 so and that's not even the best accolade adam what were the ratings for this wonderful contribution you know this is and again i i just don't this is one of those things where i just don't know if we watched the same thing <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, on IMDb, it's got a solid eight out of ten. I know, I know, right? Which blows my mind. Um, and I, it, I, I, I don't. Maybe the TV show gets better, but like, I mean, I you can't argue with that, right? I mean, step, uh, you know, just to put this in contrast, um, Star Wars Episode Five got an eight point seven. Out of 10, which means Werewolf, uh, the pilot of the movie of the TV series, is only 0.7 points away from being as good as Star Wars Episode Five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. It has a small group of fans, but we're very committed. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. apparently. Also, I just learned this um, on IMDb. They have like tags so you can help find the movie and know yep. what's inside of it. So some of the great tags you have in this movie, um, I saw I saw some of them were smooth chest, bare chest. Oh, so can you imagine 
wanting just wanting those keywords as like the you know what are we gonna watch today uh I'll look up bare chest <laughs> yikes yeah and I then never... <laughs> yeah mr john j york does not disappoint that he does not oh man oh, yeah. yeah it's 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 stunning to me um yeah and and this isn't even i don't know if, if i had you know if you'd given me a million guesses uh and you know i had to come up with maybe the highest rated werewolf tv show on imdb i i don't know if i would have guessed that i know you would have uh you definitely would have picked angel oh absolutely <laughs> um, but it was funny too because like about a year ago when i started working at the flea market I was just like about two weeks after I started working there. Mm-hmm. I was walking to the lunchroom, and there was this one booth that had like comic books in it. Mm-hmm. And I got really into comic books, so I never went in that booth. You know, I didn't have a reason to. Yep. I was walking by, and sitting on top of the comics, facing out towards the aisle, facing me, was a werewolf comic book from 1987. Okay. So they, <laughs> someone wanted to continue. Yes. The story. And apparently there was like quite a few issues, but this was the only one they had in that booth. Mm-hmm. And I think from what I saw when I looked online, they were going anywhere from like forty to ninety dollars online, and it was four dollars the flea market. Nice. And I'm, <laughs> so, I'm, you probably bought that up, right? Yes, I bought it and framed it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So Adam, I think we've actually stumbled upon something that is the bottom shelf, and we can prove that it doesn't get enough love yes. by its ratings. Everything up to this point was our opinion, but this <laughs> actually has numerical value. Right. <laughs> yeah. And most of that is just because it hasn't gotten an official DVD release that you can, like, order from Shout Factory or whatever, mm. which is really disappointing. Well, I think uh, this podcast makes things happen. Yes. Like... <laughs> Uh, the Korean film industry should be thanking us because they've exploded since our last episode. Um, so, you know, check Amazon next week. Yeah. You're going to see the werewolf uh, full DVD set. Yeah, the box set. <laughs> With <laughs> comic. Yeah, right. Exactly. With comic. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe this is something we can uh, wrap up on, but... Uh, would you like to hear some Google audience reviews for this TV series? Yes. I thought you'd never ask. Beautiful. <laughs> um, this is from uh, Stefan Rube. Uh, he said, the very good, sorry, the very, very good Siri. Um, <laughs> um, this one's from uh, Frank Lowe from five months ago, five stars. Um, it was one, now there's, it's it's a double space, so I have to pause for twice as long. Uh, it was one of the best series as far as werewolves. <laughs> Five stars. Ten out of ten on IMDb. John J. York is the werewolf. The best. <laughs> the best werewolf TV series next to Lucan. I've never heard of Lucan. Mm. Oh. Uh, this is a review from Conrad Diaz. Uh, five stars. I remember they used to show it on Sony TV on Wednesdays way back in 1997 when I was in class one, period. That's the most Canadian statement I've ever heard. <laughs> Is there yeah. a way to like click on these people's profiles and see like what they gave to other things? Like What else do they like or dislike, I wonder? Okay, so first of all, everyone who complimented this movie wrote an essay. Like, these are thesis <laughs> level. Um, second, everyone who compliments the movie has like a eight out of eight people found this helpful. Nine out of nine people found this helpful. One guy says it's a horrible movie. Zero out of 14 found this helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently he's the minority. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I just love... together. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I didn't see a single score below eight, which is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're really unified. Right. And once again, the question, did we watch the movie these people are referring to? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is, 
I, I love that it's taken us what a year and change to to finally find uh, uh, something that's backed up with empirical data, and we're <laughs> yes. not totally we're not totally convinced by it. Well, <laughs> yes, this just goes to show you. Is it? Are we the ones who are off, or is it society? <laughs> you know, I don't want the I don't want the answer to that question because, yeah. Well, I know I hadn't heard of it at all, and then like mm-hmm. a few years ago, my dad was like, "Hey, I have this weird memory of uh there being this werewolf show with Chuck Connors on when I was a kid, and I wanted to." to watch it but that night there was a thunderstorm and the tv went out and i couldn't watch it (laughs) and i was like okay i'll find it and so i had to like dig on youtube to see if it really existed because he felt like it was a fever dream and there Mm -hmm. it really is a fever dream it is because you're like this this doesn't this is like the matrix is it real (laughs) it feels real you know, the Matrix is telling my brain that Chuck Connors is doing a good job. Right. But I I know it's just a simulation. <laughs> Brought on by the machines. And what's a car? It's a machine. A machine. 60 exactly. degrees to werewolf. <laughs> uh, anyways, thank you for joining uh, Irrelevant Horror Film Talk. <laughs> Popular. Yes. Once again, Ivy... It's it's charming to bring you on. We ha- we're always having fun, so thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you, and you're welcome. I enjoy it too. Mm. Yes, Absolutely. And, yeah, and if you come across any more wild '80s TV shows like this, I do have another movie that I almost suggested. It's not a werewolf movie, but it is '80s, and I don't want to spoil it too much. But Ooh, don't even think about it. The ending is absolutely insane. Like the last like five minutes, it changes in tone so much. I was speechless while I was watching it. I'm guessing it got a 10.5 on IMDb then. I have no clue. Okay. So, anywho, uh, yes, if you made it this far in the podcast, um, check out our Discord. Ivy, you definitely need to check out our Discord. Campus one eighty, yeah. Campus fun eighty. Um, we're always playing games. We're hanging out. We're answering geeky questions. You can find the links in our description. Ivy, is there anything that you're doing that you want us to link? Um, I don't think so. Not right now. I really haven't had a chance to do anything on my YouTube or projects or anything. So it's kind of just mm-hmm. this. <laughs> I I, I want to say that we did link your YouTube in one of our episodes, but yes, I, I yeah I absolutely had to say that you have you definitely have an editing um, gift. Oh, well, because, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you come up with some crazy stuff, and it looks professional. So check well, out thank Ivy. You. Thank you. <laughs> and to get back to that. Absolutely. Anywho, I've been Mike. I'm Adam. And I've been Ivy. Thank you for watching Bottom Self Dream.